So I got a very interesting episode planned for today. It's going to be, uh, I'm going to try to get wrapped up as fast as I can, but honestly, I could probably talk about this topic all day. So the other day, the way, the way this all got started in my mind is uh, the other day, conversation, and somebody happened to say that the evangelical church has become fairly political. And I, I've been hearing this quite a bit lately. I listen to quite a few podcasts and this theme of the evangelical church, evangelicalism being perceived as a political movement is becoming all the more prevalent. And that has been the case historically, that people have been making this claim historically for quite some time. But it hasn't been until recently that it really seems that it has been taking hold inside of the evangelical church. What do I mean by that? Meaning that certain things have been changing in the evangelical church not for the better, but for the worse. And now what I am starting to see is that the evangelical church truly is becoming politicized. Now, um, it, not in the way that you think, though, because the way that has historically been thought that the evangelical church was being politicized or acting as a political movement was in the respect that they're saying that, oh, well, the evangelical church is just an arm of the Republican Party, that they are just putting pushing right-wing politics and they're just pushing conservatism. Well, there might be some truth to the conservatism thing because the evangelical movement is a conservative movement, by the way, um, and it has been forever. But let's talk about the historical elements of evangelicalism. You might be surprised to hear that evangelicalism is not a, a strictly American-founded movement. Evangelicalism goes all the way back to the Reformation. In fact, I... I'm so happy that somebody finally pointed this out. I think that was on the Elisa Childers podcast. Yes, and it was Oz Guinness. She was interviewing Oz Guinness. And Oz Guinness pointed out something that I knew for such a long time, but I just couldn't remember what it was. What he had pointed out was that during the Reformation, so we make a distinction between what we call Protestant churches and Catholic churches, that there's the Protestant church and the Catholic church, basically all denominations outside of the Catholic church are essentially Protestant. Not necessarily, but essentially that's what you got have as a divide. You have the Catholic church and you have the Protestant churches. Well, I remembered learning a long time ago, in school even, believe it or not, that Protestant was not the name that was adopted by those in the movement itself. That that was actually something that was placed on them, a label that is put on them by the Catholic Church as a whole. And by the way, I'm not bashing the Catholic Church or anything like that. This is just a matter of history. Rather, the people who are actually involved in the Reformation, they're actually involved in this movement to reform the church, they preferred the name Evangelicals. And I don't remember exactly what the name Evangelical means, but essentially uh, it comes from a root meaning a good, and I'm guessing probably good good, uh, good word. It's more or less a biblically-based movement. It's based on the gospel. It's based on God's word. It's based on interpreting. And you could even say that it has its roots in the doctrine of sola scriptura, meaning that we derive our doctrines solely from scripture, not from tradition without scripture undergirding that, but solely from scripture. And as far as it being a political movement, this is something else Osgenes um, contributed to as well, but the church as a whole has um, been involved in politics for quite some time, has, has had political impact for quite some time. And if you weren't aware of it, it's actually because of Christianity 
that fighting in the Colosseum, the Roman Colosseum, you know, the gladiator fights, it's the whole reason why that all stopped. A man who was a Christian, I can't remember exactly what his name was or position was, but he actually stepped inside of the Colosseum and said that this that's happening is all wrong. Well, what they end up doing is they threw him inside the Colosseum. He was killed at the hands of a gladiator. And then ultimately the people all realized that what they just done to this Christian was wrong and they abandoned it altogether. They abandoned the gladiator fights. They abandoned the Colosseum. And it was basically a dead industry after that. So, uh, and not, that's not to mention the fact that evangelicalism, the fact that um, the fact that the church was the primary force in abolishing slavery in the United States and in Great Britain. Um, so, should we have political involvement? Well, yes, absolutely. In fact, I think that being a Christian should have political ramifications. Not that we put our faith and trust and hope in elected officials, but rather that through living out our faith, and since we have the ability to vote in the United States of America, that, that our faith should uh, influence the way that we vote and that should make a positive difference inside of our culture. Now, a number of years ago, you had Ben Carson did something very bold. And this is one of those things where they're like, ah, those evangelicals, I can't believe their audacity. Well, Ben Carson, a number of years ago, and Barack Obama was still president. Holy cow, that was over a decade ago now. Uh, it was at a prayer breakfast. It was at um, one of those uh, prayer breakfasts that the president oftentimes attends. And uh, Barack Obama was in attendance. And uh, Ben Carson was giving, I think, maybe the opening prayer or something. And during this prayer, Ben Carson just excoriates the policies held by the Obama administration and just denounced them wholeheartedly and in a very biblical manner. Barack Obama wasn't too happy about that. And, of course, that stirred people up, stirred people up to say, ah, oh, these evangelicals and their political movement behind this, they're just manipulating people and blah, 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 blah. Okay. That was the right way to influence America, to influence uh, the political landscape through voicing your opinion as a Christian. In fact, Ben Carson even got involved in politics, as you'll know. He ran for the Republican nomination in 2016, and he did not get it. But he ended up in politics anyway. Well, recently, what have we had inside of evangelicalism? Very negative things from a political standpoint. We've had leaders like Rick Warren, Beth Moore, Andy Stanley, Francis Collins. Dare I even say, and I'm hesitant to say this one. Well, I, I, I won't go there. I'll, I'll leave the last one out. But I'll say there's somebody that's very uh, dear to me in terms of influence and that they've had on my life and my perspective on leadership and all that, that, uh, that I see them as potentially being somebody who is not that reliable from a biblical perspective, from an evangelical perspective, from a conservative perspective, um, that these people have been taking us further and further away from the word of God, further and further away from the true faith in Jesus Christ. For instance, Andy Stanley said that, well, Jesus is all that we need. We don't need the rest of the Bible, just Jesus. In fact, we don't even have to read our Bibles. All we need is Jesus. When in fact, it's through Jesus, uh, it's through the Bible, that we even know who Jesus was. And that's not to mention that, yes, we hear testimony from other believers, but primarily we have the Bible to tell us about the life and works of Jesus Christ and about his true identity. So we need the Bible. Uh, we have uh, Beth Moore, who has abandoned more or less uh, the biblical role for women inside of the church, but has also commented on things like 
COVID-19 and the vaccines and all that in just such an authoritarian sort of way. And uh, uh, Rick Warren and and uh, others of that ilk declaring that if you did not get the vaccine, then you can't, you're not showing love for your neighbor. That's just absurd. I mean, but these are just examples. And what they have been doing is they have been pulling the church away from historic Christianity. They've been pulling the evangelical movement away from the Bible. And by the way, the evangelical movement was directly attached to the Bible in its movement. In fact, that's what the Reformation was all about. They saw that the Catholic Church back in those days had departed so far from biblical teachings and we had to return to what the Word of God said in order to have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ and to be living out our mission as Christians properly. And uh, these people, I think, are doing a huge disservice in that regard. They are taking us further and further away from God's truth. You know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll say the name that I wasn't going to say before. And I, I, I apologies if I hurt anybody's feelings in saying this, but quite frankly, I think that even to a large degree, John Maxwell has uh, been moving people away from the evangelical movement. I still appreciate his teachings and as far as leadership and all that, but I tell you what, one of the things that has really started to push me away uh, from listening in on his uh, on his shows, on his calls, and all these things, is the reality that it seems like that his team has really embraced critical race theory. Um, because when I listen to their talks on diversity and inclusion, when I listen to their talks on racial reconciliation, that they are not from a biblical standpoint. They're from a victim victimization standpoint. They're from uh, they might not be aware of this. But maybe I should stop giving people the benefit benefit of the doubt here. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't want to think this of them. It's from a Marxist perspective, this whole idea of that, well, we need to now um, say that the sins that our ancestors committed cannot be forgiven, and therefore I have to be subservient in every way uh, to this racial cause because somewhere in my past, somebody owns slaves. Um, I shouldn't feel guilty about that. And nobody should feel like they need to hold a grudge against me. And quite frankly, I don't think that, as far as I'm aware, nobody in my family ever owned slaves, at least not in the United States of America. Um, so we need to really start figuring things out as the evangelical church. And I think it all starts by stop listening to the main voices inside of the evangelical movement because I think that they're really starting to lead us astray. And what I really think has happened, man, this is going to sound controversial, but what is happening inside of the evangelical church is the same thing that happened in the black church a long time ago because the black church used to be a bedrock of faith. They used to be awesome. They used to be, if you look back at their family structures historically, they used to be husband, wife, children, and they stuck together and they fought things out against the culture for the good of their family. And they're in many ways successful in that until their church was literally infiltrated by progressives trying to pull their vote away from the Republican Party and trying to pull them away from the faith that they once held so dear. And how did they do that? Well, they started installing these fake pastors um, like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, to actually give these teachings that focused on uh, on racism uh, that were not founded inside of Scripture, but served a left leaning, strictly served a left leaning cause. 
Well, I fear that's what's happening inside the evangelical church today, that now people are starting to feel bad uh, because they, they feel this guilt uh, for either their race or they feel an entitlement because of their race, that now we are prone, and not even just race, for for whether they're a man or a woman either. Um, as I remember like when Roe v. Wade was overturned last year, last year, I think it was last year, um, that a lot of evangelical leaders said, well, you know what, we don't want to spike the football, we don't want to get too excited, you know, we don't want to shove this in anybody's face. I was thinking, this is a time to celebrate. Babies are going, their, their lives are going to be saved. These children that were being slaughtered, brutally being ripped limb from limb inside of the womb before they could even be born, now they're going to have a chance at life, and we should celebrate that. And yet, certain evangelical leaders were like, nope, we don't want to celebrate this because this very well caused more emotional distress to those that are on the other side. You know what? We need to pray for people. We need to lead people in the truth. We need to defend our position on the right to life for these unborn children and let them know that it's because we are created in the image of God and God has a plan for people and that we should not just throw that life away, but that we should allow it come to be birthed and we should shepherd these children into faith following afterwards. And yet, so many evangelical leaders have dropped the ball. Dare I say they may have even departed from the faith. I hope not. I hope they're clinging cleaning to Jesus Christ. I think that some of these guys are. I think that some of them are just hucksters. Um, and uh, ultimately, I, I, I really hope that they start to see the errors of their ways. And quite frankly, the way to get back, all of you all, evangelical leaders, I know you're not listening to me, but I wish you were, taking the Bible at its word. Taking the Bible for what it says, not attaching some sort of special meaning. When it, when it says that God created the world in six days, guess what that means? He created the world in six days. When God says that homosexuality is an abomination, what does that mean? It means it's an abomination. There's no special meaning attached to it. When the Bible says that that men are supposed to be the leadership inside the church, what does that mean? That means the men are supposed to be the leadership inside of the church. That means we need to follow the word of God when it says that Jesus raised from the grave after three days, uh, rose from the dead on the third day. What does that mean? It means he rose from the dead on the third day. It means he was actually physically resurrected from the dead and that he is Lord. We need to stop attaching these Gnostic meanings to the scriptures and embrace it for what it says. That is what conservatism is. And by the way, if you need any help, I, I, I'm going to have to redo this talk sometime. But I did a talk on this a while back. I think that you can actually find it at the bottom of my podcast, probably the very first one that I did. And it's kind of messy. The audio kind of stinks. Uh, but I believe it's called uh, Political Pizza. And I go about explaining how politics operates and the evolution of a person's mind from one political standpoint to another and how grievance kind of fuels the whole political system, the, the political thought process and how somebody who's once conservative can end up as a progressive liberal tyrant even at some point in their life. Um, and I would like to do more talking about that topic, but right now I think that that is good for today. So I'm not saying don't be submissive, submissive to your leadership. What I am saying is that we need to stop giving authority to celebrity preachers, celebrity pastors, celebrity ministers, and we really need to figure out 
how to have a better system to elect leaders into our denominations uh, for our churches and inside of our local churches as well. So we really need to practice due diligence in all of these things and be wise, be in prayer. I'm praying for the church in America. I'm praying for all of you. I'm praying that uh, that there's a real great awakening once again inside of our culture. My name is Bill Sang. This is the Bill Sang Podcast. Thank you for joining me for today.